Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello once again everybody and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, sponsored by ACR Poker, where this weekend is your last chance to play day one of the $5 million guaranteed Venom PKO. That's right, it's a progressive knockout bounty tournament with a $5 million guaranteed prize pool. It's going to be so great. You've got to get in the action. Click the link in the description and you can get a 100% first-time deposit bonus up to $2,000 just by using the promo code TPE. My name is Clayton Fletcher. I'm in New York City, and today I have our favorite guest. He is a dear friend of mine. He's an absolute stone cold legend of the game. He's the founder of Tournament Poker Edge and the head honcho of the same. You know him, you love him, Derek Killingbird Tenbush. How you been, brother? I've been very good, Clayton. How have you been? Yeah, good, good. How's your goal going? You told me a couple of weeks ago that you were trying to hit 10,000 uh, viewing hours on Twitch this month. Are you going to make it? Tell us, what do you think? It's coming down to the wire now. It is coming down to the wire, and I think we're going to make it. We are incredibly close. Uh, I think we can close it out in the next couple of days, uh, and I'm excited about it. It was, a, it was a unique opportunity because I think, as I had mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, we... Uh, you know, it's a it's a, a unique month because there's five Sundays and five Tuesdays. Sundays are the TPE free roll, Tuesdays are my Killing Bird home game. So it was a great opportunity to try to get it done. And I wasn't traveling or anything for once, so I was sitting around my house and I'm like, well, I guess I have to work this month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, help the guy out, you guys. Look, we've got a few days left here in the month. Just get on there and and it's Twitch.tv/KillingBird. You know, subscribe to his stream. He's he's a great follow on Twitch. I always love popping in for the home game or, of course, for the TPE free roll, which I, I think has been going really well. What do you think? It has been so much fun. Like, Sundays are always pretty much my favorite day of the week, but the last, like, five or six weeks, seven weeks have been the most fun days because I get to watch the Miami Dolphins win every Sunday <laughs> and then I'd rush home and start the stream and I get to play a free roll with the TPE community so it's been an absolute blast yeah so I don't want to jinx anything but before the season I I may have sprinkled a few bucks on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl so so far so good <laughs> they're looking really strong this year yeah I was doing a um Basically all off season, I was doing a like, you know how you go to the grocery store and they're like, do you want to round up your change and donate it to this charity or whatever? So I was doing this thing on America's card or sorry, ACR poker, still getting used to that. Yeah. Um, where basically at the end of every session, whatever change I had in my account. So maybe it was like a buck 18, maybe it was $5 and 25 cents. Maybe it was $9. I would bet it on the dolphins to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I did that every session for the entire off season. Um, and I love it's looking this. okay. I love this. So you just took all your money that you're supposed to give to the American Heart Association or <laughs> yeah. you know, save some poor starving beagle somewhere, <laughs> and you threw it on your hometown team, the Miami Dolphins. I love it. 
Yeah, so I've had to say no to the to the, all the charity requests lately, but <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to give a lot more when they win the Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah, I'll catch you on the back end <laughs> if you guys are still alive by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, it, not everything is your problem, Derek. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I can only I can only save so many dogs, animals, or people. That's right. The people are the hardest to save. Exactly. I think. Yeah, but I think we got a good thing going with this. Every Sunday we do the TPE free roll. You know, you just got to be on the stream again. It's twitch.tv slash killingbird. We give away $1,000 courtesy of ACR Poker. And, uh, you know, it's a good time. And I think we've been doing a pretty good job of making sure that most of the players are actually uh, somehow affiliated with Tournament Poker Edge. So kudos to us for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been the... the the real goal is to make sure that we have as many of our community in there as possible. You know, as we like to say, the real ones, the OGs, the legends of the game. <laughs> yeah, the true legends. I mean, look, you're gonna. There are sites in foreign countries, um, mostly Eastern Europe, where they just look for free rolls and they, you know, they share the password. And so you, you're going to end up any free roll on ACR Poker or really any poker site nowadays. Uh, there, there are going to be contingents of strangers. Like, how did you guys get here? This isn't really for you. But, you know, as far as we're concerned, as long as the real ones are in, I don't really mind if, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, foreign entities somehow infiltrate <laughs> our, our private party. That's okay with me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the My whole goal is for, by the time the tournament's full, that there's not too many of the real ones saying, oh, I didn't get in. Right. And that's, we've done a pretty good job with it the last few weeks. So we're starting to, you know, we're slowly figuring out the, the best processes to get that done. But it's been an absolute blast. And everyone hangs out in the chat, talks trash, you know, pats you on the back when you win. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good time. We have beer pong. It's 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 just a lot of fun. So you guys should join us uh, this Sunday. It's going to be a really good time. So, uh, yeah, you want to get on the Twitch stream a couple hours early. We start, you know, we start the party early, and at some point, KB gives out the uh, this week's password. So that's what you want to be there for. So yeah, yeah, make sure you yeah keep keep your notifications on. Follow me on Twitter. So I, I you know I always say hey you know we're, we're going live today or whatever. Uh, I try to do my best to keep everyone informed of how we're going to do it that day or what time it's going to start, things like that. So. I always say if you're paying attention, you will get into the tournament. Yeah. So 10,000 hours, viewing hours, doesn't mean that you're actually going to play for 10,000 hours. I don't even think that, that would be humanly possible in one month. But it's <laughs> it's the number of hours you are streaming times the number of people who are watching the stream live while it's happening. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think we can do it. You know, if you can stay sober this Sunday, maybe we can get there this Sunday. It's it's going to be that close. But we need more people in the in the stream. You know, the more people, that's a better multiplier. So yeah, that's the key. everybody join this Sunday, please. Do it for Derek, for all he's done for us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So what else is going on? How's the distillery business going? It is very good. Uh for any of you guys who travel a lot for work or travel a lot personally, we just opened a location in uh, RDU, Raleigh International Airport. So for those of you who might be traveling around the East Coast or the Southeast and you happen to go through Raleigh, if you're in Terminal 2, look for the big Lone Rider sign, stop in, have a beer. Uh, and if you send me a picture, 
I'll send you something special from TP. I don't know what. I'll figure, I'll figure out something, maybe a T-shirt or a hoodie or something, if I can ever get them back from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing because, uh, you know, my new book, The ROI of LOL, is also being sold at that airport. So you could conceivably oh. go to Raleigh-Durham Airport, have a drink at KB's Bar, go to the bookstore at the airport, buy my book, and you could support both of us before you even get on the plane. How cool is that? I think we give them a real challenge. If you <laughs> buy the book, whether you buy it in the airport or not, and you sit down at Lone Rider and you take a picture of the book open on the bar <laughs> with a Lone Rider beer next to it, first person to do it and tweets a picture at me, I will give you a lifetime membership to Tournament Poker Edge. Wow, there you go. The gauntlet. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> if somebody does this, I'm going to be so incredibly impressed. Yeah, I, I think that would be incredible. By the way, my book debuted at number one on the business charts on Amazon. So, That's awesome. Yeah, and it's going really strong. I have a whole tour coming up where I'm going to be doing stand-up and signing copies of my book in every local bookstore. And uh, I'm going to, I have a busy couple of months coming up. So uh, I hope that I'll be able to pop in for the free roll at least a few times uh, in the coming weeks. But yeah, the schedule is really getting full. And uh, I'm not complaining, by the way. I mean, this is what, as a performing artist, this is what you want. You want to be busy. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats on the book. And I hope I'm not, like, saying this wrong because it'll be awkward on the podcast. But did I see a tweet from you that if you have Amazon Prime, you get a free Audible book every month? Yeah, I think Amazon Prime has a lot of benefits. One of them is that you can subscribe to um, one Twitch stream a month for free. Um, as part of your Prime membership. And, and similarly, Audible has a deal where you can get one free audiobook every month. So even if you already ordered your copy of the ROI of LOL, you can also uh, go on Audible and get another copy. Then I get credit for two purchases, yeah. even you though know. you don't have to pay for the other one. So, yeah. And the audiobook is actually the, my co-author, Steve Cody, and I are both reading the book uh, together so they didn't even hire voice actors it's actually <laughs> it's actually my groggy voice on there along with uh, this uh, really good guy he's a businessman he's a CEO that I co-wrote the book with and he's got a very thick New Jersey accent which is always a good time yeah that's great he does not pronounce the H in huge or humor so <laughs> just a heads up there <laughs> so there you go You if, if you have Amazon Prime just go ahead and Get the book and subscribe to my Twitch stream, and you'll make us all happy. There you go. And then go to the airport and buy the book again <laughs> and have a drink, and then we'll all be happy. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I, I will accept a picture of the digital book next to the beer, by the way. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> we'll take it. I think they should have to be listening to your original band, Killing Bird, the band. <laughs> We should, and they should be watching my stand-up comedy special. Like, let's have them do everything all at once to get that free membership. No, that's that's fine. The, the two you already laid out are plenty, I think. Shilling is our business, and business is good. <laughs> the shilling ain't easy. All right, well, enough shilling. I'm glad things are going well for you. Tell us about the uh, the charity stream. You said you're you're coming back with another charity stream next month, right? Yes, I have decided not to do the charity stream. Um. 
for a variety of reasons that I will not bore our listeners with. Um, but then my son, who lives down in Mississippi, who I'm sure I've talked about a few times on this stream, um, sure. him and his fiance uh, started volunteering for a small little uh, animal rescue down in down in Natchez, Mississippi. And um, they were talking about putting together some money and, and donations and stuff for that rescue around Christmas time. Uh, and it so happens that my wife and I are traveling down to visit them around Christmas time. So I was like, you know what? Maybe what I should do is do one last charity stream, but I'll raise the money for this rescue. So it's kind of like a gift to my son and his future wife. Also a gift to a very, very small charity who, you know, it's a small town, so they don't have the same opportunities to raise money as we do here in the Triangle in North Carolina. Um, so I don't know. It just kind of inspired me. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do one last one. Um, so that's happening almost a month from today, November 28th, uh, probably start around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Twitch. Um, I have about $300 in tickets to give away from our friends uh, at ACR Poker. And, uh, you know, we'll have some other shenanigans. We'll play some beer pong. We'll do some giveaways. We'll have some last longers. It happens to fall on the night of my home game, so that always works out good. Um, so it should be fun. And uh, ACR actually just published a blog about that charity stream today, which was super cool. Um, so if anybody wants to go read that, you can go check it out over at acrstormers.com. And, uh, yeah, come hang out for the charity stream. Even if you can't donate, honestly, uh, I understand everyone's in different financial situations and stuff. But if you want to just come out, your view actually helps because it drives the, the stream up the directory. More people see it. More people come in. More people donate. So don't feel obligated to come in and drop money. Just come hang out. Now, Derek, you, you mentioned shenanigans. And um, with the uh, Beagle Rescue uh, Twitch streams, charity streams in the past, there were actual shenanigans. <laughs> now, that's a word that we throw around sometimes, but, I mean, I feel like there were times when you may have worn, like, a mankini, and I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about these things or if it's, like, if you know, you know kind of situation. <laughs> no, it's it's... It's something I don't mind talking about at all. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've we've worn mankinis, we've worn dresses, we've uh, waxed our chest. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've for the put dogs. Makeup on. All we've, for the dogs. Yeah, we've we've pretty much done it all. Which is one of the reasons why I kind of thought about retiring the stream because it honestly got to the or not the stream, the charity stream. Because I got to the point where I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I've kind of, like, done everything, <laughs> you know? Like, because every year I would try to top the prior one and keep, you know? And eventually I was just like, I don't I, Like, I'm out of ideas. I just have nothing else to give. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fair warning. This year will be a little more chill. I, I have no intentions of, of getting naked or getting banned from Twitch again or anything crazy like that. Um, but we will still, of course, have a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of giveaways. Uh, it'll be a good time. But the shenanigans might be a slightly less shenanigan-ish than... Yeah, a little toned down. Than previous. I sometime. Yeah, at some point. At least that's what my wife keeps telling me. <laughs> okay, at some point you can grow up. All right, Derek. Well, I don't know if you had a chance um, to listen yet to uh, last week's episode featuring Mike Brock Lesnar Holtz. By the way, shout out again to Mike for coming on. I mean, he is the uh, 2021... WSOP Online Player of the Year, and then also, of course, this year, 2023, he broke the all-time record for the most caches in a World Series, in a single World Series. So, I mean, wow, it's quite a get to be able to have him 
on, but man, he really talked us through a hand that was uh, non-standard to say the least. Have you had a chance to listen to that one yet? I have not, but I plan to tune in very soon. All right. Well, I don't know if you can top the hand that that he brought for last week's episode, but you did say you have a pretty good one for me tonight. Yeah, I think I have a good one. It it it, it brings up several questions on several streets, which I think could be interesting. Um, it is a uh, relatively low stakes buy-in tournament. It's a two fifty. Well, not relatively. It is a low stakes buy-in tournament. It's a two fifty. Uh, Buy-in, one k guaranteed on That's ACR a, poker. Two dollars and fifty cents, to be clear. Correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. The decimal point is important here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and it's one of those hands where I think it starts out pretty standard-ish, and then I don't know. It gets interesting as it goes on. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, so we are not in the money yet. We're, it's still pretty early. The blinds are 300, 600. I believe in this tournament we start with 25K. Um, and we actually have just a little over 25K. So we've been up and down, but we, you know, we're at about a starting stack. But it's, uh, what is that, 40 big blinds, I guess? Okay. Ish. So we have 40 bigs. We're not in the money yet. Is registration still open, do you think? Registration, Probably. Yeah, registration is still open. Okay, great. And did you know any of the other players at the table, any familiar names around us? Nope, I did not recognize any names. And I didn't have a ton of hands on anybody at the table. I have about 150 on three of the guys, and I'm guessing those are all from this tournament. Okay, okay. All right, so let's talk. Yeah, so the blinds are 300, 600. Like I said, we start the the hand with uh, 25, just over 25k. We'll call it 26k, uh, and we are on the button. We get a raise under the gun uh, from a guy who has 50k. Okay. Um, and he just min raises from under the gun. Uh, he's running 2718, by the way. So pretty loose, pretty aggressive, yeah. Yeah, I would say loose, aggressive, but not like out of line. I would say. Uh, just aggressive, because uh, I mean, there's guys at the table who are running 38-4. Right, right. It's a two-dollar tournament, so you do get a lot looser. Yeah, the play is generally much looser in a very small stakes tournament like this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so I would, I would almost, I mean, I hesitate to say he's probably decent, but I mean, if he's running 27-18 over 175 hands, I mean, that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. Uh, or at least. Based on the limited information we have, I right. might say, okay, he's probably not a complete maniac, and he's not a nit. You know? Right, and he's also not just uh, too passive, like 27-6 or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so based on what we know, he's we suspect he may be halfway decent um, among the field of the $2.50 players. Yep. Right. I would say so. Okay. So he um, opens under the gun. Yep, he opens under the gun to 1,200. It folds around to us on the button, and we have king of hearts, king of spades. Okay, so we've got pocket kings on the button facing an under-the-gun raise. Uh, 40 big blinds. Opponent has us covered. Obviously, we have to three-bet. I don't think you ever want to be flatting um, in this situation. Hopefully, our <laughs> opponent has a strong hand. He raised under the gun, so we want to try to get as many chips in there as we can now. Yep. 100% agree. Um, I guess I could see scenarios of flatting. Not in this scenario. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but maybe if I was a little shorter or if he was a little shorter or if we had some maniac to our left in the blinds that we think might try to squeeze or something. But I think in this exact situation, I think I'm three betting every single time. Yeah, another one I could think of too, Derek, is maybe like say the big blind has like 12 big blinds. Then you could kind of see flatting and hoping that he might have a big shoving range because there'll be so many chips. And then you could reopen the betting if if the big blind were to shove for 12 big blinds and then the original razor just calls that, now you can, you know, you could put in a four bet. That's a beautiful situation there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but th- that's not the case here. These guys all have lots of chips. You're actually the short stack in this hand. Yeah, yeah, because just for, for the listeners, the small blind and the big blind both have uh, over 50K. So they kind of start where the original opener starts. Um, so, yeah, we are the short stack in this. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just hoping that that the original razor has a big hand and is just gonna like be like oh well this guy started with you know 30 bigs or 40 bigs or whatever and just gets it in yeah that's our goal yeah and that's why i didn't want to go too big on the three bet um i went to 3k which i think is fine you could do 32 you could do 35 i think but yeah no it's totally fine i mean it's still more than 10 percent of your stack um, I would tend to go a little bigger, but my three bets in general are bigger than average. And especially versus an under-the-gun player, my three betting range is going to be, you know, he's already expressed that he's got a big hand. When I three bet, I'm going to probably make it about 4000 But honestly, with, with stacks being what they are, it won't make much difference in the long run. So, yeah, I think 3 k is totally fine. Yeah, and I think also with his stack, like let's just say we lose the blinds. Yeah, I almost want him to look at it and go, "Oh, it's only eighteen hundred more to me. I'll call." Like I just want him to call with everything he has. Yeah, you're right. If if you do make it four thousand or forty five hundred or something, which is probably my standard sizing, you do lose your opponent once in a while. But again, in a two dollar and fifty cent tournament. That doesn't happen very much. Yeah. What they're raising under the gun with, they're not folding for a three bet, regardless of size. Yeah, that's probably true. That might be the argument for going just a tad bigger, just for the sake of like getting more chips in. So yeah. when it comes when it comes eight three deuce and we see Betty folds, and but at least we got more pre flop. Yeah, yeah. You want to try to get it in now if you can. So, like I say, I, I would go a little bigger, but I don't I don't fault you for making it three thousand, of course. Yeah. Uh. So. The blinds fold, and our villain calls. Great. So we are we are now heads up. We like it. Uh, there's 74.25 in the middle, and the flop comes ace, three, five, two spades. So right. not exactly the flop we were looking for. We do have the king of spades as a reminder, so that gives us a little equity. Yeah. Um, but I kind of don't hate this flop because... His bigger aces are what he should be opening, I think, from under the gun. Like, I don't know if he's opening ace three, ace five, ace four, those kind of things. So I think I'm going to put him on things like small pairs a lot or like suited face cards, things like that. And I kind of feel like we could find... I know I always think of Andrew Brokus when I say we can find out where he is with a bet. Because <laughs> he, he always says that... Finding out where where you are is not a <laughs> reason to bet. Yeah. Um, but you know, I 
if he checks to us, I think we can bet like twenty five hundred or something. And if he has sevens or something, he's probably going to fold, and we can move on. Uh, and if he has an ace, he'll probably let us know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's important to note, by the way, that we've got an uh, SPR on this flop of right around three. So we don't really want to get too committed um, to the pot, especially with the ace high flop. So I think if we if he does check to us and we do opt to bet, I think we should bet really small. I agree. And it's kind of a spot where I'm – this is where all of a sudden I'm happy that my three bet wasn't as big because if I had made it, you know, 4K, all of a sudden there's, you know, almost 10K in the middle and I only have like 2,100 behind it. So like a two to one. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it gets a little more awkward when we try to see bet that, that flop in this board. Yeah. Now be honest, Derek. When this flop came out – did you yell something at your computer screen about your kings being ace magnets, yes or no? <laughs> I am proud to say I have not used the phrase ace magnets in a long, long time. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he does check? He does check, um, and we bet 22-28, which I think is probably exactly third pot because I have a third pot button set yeah. up on my ACR Good. platform. Good. I like it. I like uh, it. Maybe even a little smaller is okay, but this is obviously fine. Yeah. If I weren't as lazy as I am, I think I would have gone – I don't know. I might have still gone something around this size. But, yeah, I think this is fine. A little yeah. smaller is probably fine. I don't see any reason to go bigger, but smaller could be okay. Yeah. I don't. By the way, I don't think it is a third. I mean, if my math is correct, uh, one-third of 7,400 – would be a little bigger than this. So this looks like more oh. like maybe it's 30%. Do you have a 30% button? Oh, maybe I do. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a third, though. Or maybe it's like a third, and then you dropped it down a little from there. Anyway, I like your sizing regardless. It's a third in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Where the school system is always ranked near the top of the charts. Yeah. yeah. We work a little different math. <laughs> um, and so, yes, we do bet uh, uh, 2228. We get a call mm-hmm. from our villain. Um, so now there is 11.8K in the middle. What do you make of that call, by the way? Do you think that he necessarily has an ace? You said a moment ago, Derek, that if, if he had a hand like pocket sevens, you felt like he would fold to a small C-bet on the flop. So if he called, what does that tell us? I'm, I'm definitely – the second that he hits the call button, I'm – pretty worried about an ace mm-hmm. um, but the fact that the board is pretty coordinated ace three five two spades um, makes me think he can also have many spade combos although we do have the king of spades that's a pretty important blocker because now we know where the ace and the king are mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. what is he raising under the gun with and then calling a three bet with that's a spade that's not an ace or a king at all. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't put too many flush draws in his range. I mean, I don't know. I I don't play this type of tournament very much, so I don't really know what ranges look like. But, yeah. I yeah, think I'm, we could see – we could definitely see, like, some jack tennis spades, queen right. jack of spades. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's pretty – like you said, that's a pretty narrow range. So there's not a lot of those in the mix. Right. So if it's not uh, that, what is it? Yeah, I think ASEX yeah. is a decent amount. And and also some you know, as much as I think people should be folding something like sixes here, you know, 
some people just aren't going to, especially on a small C bet. They're like, oh, what's this weak bet? I'll see one more. Yeah, and um, particularly with a hand like sixes, there's there are several cards that could hit the turn that would improve my my equity, like a four or a seven that would give me you know straight draws and stuff. So with with sixes specifically, it might be a, more of a, a temptation to call than with a hand like pocket eights. Where mm-hmm. it's like way ahead, way behind situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I said that the second that he hit the button I was worried about as an ace is because the turn is the ace of clubs. <laughs> which most people would be like, oh, great, now I'm really behind. <laughs> um, but the reality is I kind of like that card. Yeah, of uh, course. For, you know, for the obvious reasons. It makes it less likely he has one of those. Um. So there's 11.9k in the middle, uh, and he checks to us again on this turn. So now, just as a reminder, the board reads ace, ace, three, five, two spades. Um, I I like this card. Um, I also, and I, I, I remember this hand quite specifically, and I remember thinking, okay, well, now I can bet again because I'm in position. And either he's probably now going to be like, okay, fine, I fold my sixes or sevens or whatever. Or we're going to get another call, and then we just hope that he checks to us on the river and we can reevaluate. Um, so I kind of like just putting a bet out here now as opposed to checking back and facing a big bet on the river from him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once that ace pairs on 4th Street, the kings are good most of the time. You know, that ace just really removes so many combos that he might have that had us beat on the flop. Now, he doesn't have those hands because there's one of the aces we were worried about him having. It's just really unlikely that we're beat um, once you see another ace. It is a good card for us. Uh, It's also a good card for our opponent who is thinking the same thing about you. Well, what is Derek betting? He probably doesn't have three aces now. It's very yeah. hard to have three aces, so neither one of you will have three aces very often. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you should actually be able to get value from like pocket eights, pocket sevens, you know, those kind of hands, because they're they're not going to be able to put you on ace king, ace queen. Right. right. That's a good point, and I didn't really think about that in the in the moment. I thought of my bet more as a blocker than a value bet. Um, but yeah. you make a good point. Yeah, because you know, we've given him a lot of like sixes and sevens and stuff and eights. If he has those, then we really should be looking for value. Yeah, yeah, and I think we can get it. I think the ace helps us get that value where it might seem odd to be value betting kings again. Uh, when, a moment ago, we were concerned that our opponent had a lot of ace-x in his range. But now that I see another ace, I'm very much... Uh, feeling more confident about about my kings yeah i would agree um i don't know if i love my sizing i do go ahead and bet the turn um i bet 4300 yeah it's about uh, a third again yeah which is i mean i guess that's fine i don't know it looks bigger on the replayer than it really yeah <laughs> really really is yeah, yeah um i guess as long as we're never folding it's fine I think it's 30%. I think you're betting 30%. That's what you're doing. 
Maybe I, maybe I have a 30%. I also sometimes do this thing where I click the button and then I scroll it down a little bit and then I add 9-9 nine, nine on the end because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> well, that's probably what you're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine, too. Um, but, yes, we do bet forty two ninety nine and we get another call. Okay. Which, again, at the time probably scared me more than it should have now that we've talked the hand through because I do think there's a lot of those middling pairs in here that – and he could – I mean – I mean, he could even have five, six of diamonds or something here, for all we know. There's a ton of stuff that I think in a, in a $2.50 tournament people could be calling with here. But I think we did establish, or at least in our mind, that maybe this guy's not terrible. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But I, at the time, I was like, ugh, he called. But I think in hindsight, I'm like, oh, good, he called. It's what I should have been saying. I know. I know. Sometimes when I reevaluate my hands away from the table when I'm not actually playing the tournament I do think about them differently and I think this is a good example of that like at the time you weren't happy to get a call but now that we talk through it it's like yeah that call is not bad at all because there are so many hands like pocket eights pocket sevens that love that ace just as much as we did Mm -hmm. so they still don't know you have kings and they probably think their hand is good a lot yeah because if you put yourself in this opponent's exact shoes I know when I see this board roll out, I'm like, oh, cool, okay, he probably doesn't have an ace. And we're still a little bit worried about kings, queens, jacks, or whatever, because, I mean, I did three-bet pre. Um, but he, yeah, I think he likes the card, maybe not as much as we do, because <laughs> we have the exact next pair, but um, he probably does like it. So Yeah. Yeah, I think in hindsight, it's uh, it's a pretty cool spot for us. Yeah, so good good job betting. And uh, I like the sizing. You know, you're betting 4300 into 12K. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so now there is 20.5K in the middle. And uh, we have how much in our stack? 16.3K. Okay. Hmm. All right. Which would be a nice, sexy amount to have if we've got a king on the river, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can dream, can't we? Yeah. Um, and I remember when playing this hand, I was like, okay when this river comes out and he checks to us, what are we going to do? And I, I definitely remember leaning towards just checking back because I was like, well, if he was on a flush draw, we're not getting called when we jam. Um, and if we're getting called, obviously, if he has an ace. So I'm like, what are we really getting called by? But now, <laughs> as we mentioned, in hindsight, I think there are a bunch of things we could get called by. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The river is the eight of clubs. Oh, so I don't love that card because one of the hands I keep talking about is pocket eights. Yeah. Uh, so now if he doesn't have an ace and he doesn't have pocket eights, what the, what the heck does he have that we can get value from? Like if he checks to us now, um, I might not want to bet just because I feel like we're going to be beat a lot. I, 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 I'm having trouble articulating it, but I really don't like that eight at all. Yeah, I kind of don't either. It sort of cuts the the deck in half. Yeah. Where, where if he has like sixes, sevens, he's probably not calling now. If he has eights, he now has his beat. Um, I guess we're now we're just kind of hoping that he has like nines, tens, jacks, queens. But I kind of feel like some of those hands would have got him pre. So we can yeah, eliminate sure. like queens and probably even jacks. So we've kind of narrowed down like two hands that we can get called by. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's that would be what we call thin, thin value. So 
I think if he checks here, I'm just going to check and turn my hand over, and hopefully the kings are good. Yeah, that's where I was leading at the time. Um, so I'm waiting for him to check, and he does not check. <laughs> okay. He shoves. <laughs> right, right, okay. So now that's all in for us to call. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, nothing really makes sense. Uh, I would like to say he's got a busted draw, but we have the king of spades. Um, I think I would fold. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting outplayed a lot, but... Uh, it just feels like, especially in a $2 tournament, I don't think there are that many players that would be bluffing often enough to make calling here profitable. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a spot where I would just, you know what, if he's, if this is the one in a million where he's bluffing somehow. He's not worried about me having three of a kind. He's not worried about anything. You know, I guess he just, he wins the pot. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... At the time, I remember thinking to myself, okay, so he had ace-x, and he was just making sure the flush draw didn't get there. Right, right. They do that. <laughs> yeah, they do that sometimes. Make sure I safe like, okay, card. Now yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. I'll shove now. Um, but I did a very funny thing, because I was streaming during this hand, mm-hmm. and I was saying, I'm going to mark this hand for review for a future podcast. <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> and I said to my, my viewers, I said, well, there's nothing worse then when, we, when I do a hand like this and we review it and then I fold and we never get to know what the villain had. <laughs> so you called for the podcast? <laughs> I called for the podcast. I said, you know what? We're going to, it's a $2.50 tournament. I can afford that. I love I said, this. I said, we're going to call and then we'll know how yeah. we were beat. Uh, so we did hit the call button and our villain turned over pocket fours. So he had nothing. He just he, missed. He did kind of miss a draw because he flopped a gut shot with his pair and yep. then nothing turned out for him so he just decided to push and it would have worked against me because I wouldn't have been, you know, making the call for the podcast. It's like <laughs> you're doing it for science or something. <laughs> I took one for the team. What can I say? Yeah, well, it, it worked in your favor cuz you got the full double up. Yeah. But I do think more often than not that's probably a fold. Like yeah. we, I don't want to be results oriented and be like, oh, I'm such a genius. I, <laughs> uh, I want to make it very clear to our listeners that that is not my point here. <laughs> um, I think it's probably a fold more often than it's not. I think I joined this podcast, yeah, in the fall of 2018 is when I took over as host. So it's been almost exactly five years and there's never been a hand where someone said I, I called so that we would have the answer for the podcast what the opponent had <laughs> <laughs> I'm, learning. I'm learning you're making history here Derek this is apparently incredible. I need to do it more often because when I do it I have the best hand <laughs> yeah for sure you know I said a moment ago that it's hard to for him to have a busted draw but you know in a sense he does have a busted draw sure he has a pair of fours but yeah you know he's he's bluffing with it. he doesn't want you to call right right yeah i can imagine um it's kind of funny because i almost wonder if that's a good play at higher stakes like it, it sort of feels like it is <laughs> to me from his standpoint yeah yeah i like, think so i mean i it certainly would have worked against me the problem is the line you're taking is the line we're going to take when we have a monster like yeah. Four of a kind or a full house or ace king or, 
You know, we're going to have so many big hands at our range. You happen to be going for relatively thin value with pocket kings. But, you know, you're certainly not folding when you have an ace or a, a very strong hand, mm-hmm. which you often will when you bet the turn. Yeah. So in that sense, I don't think it is a good play uh, from him. But only if he knows that you're capable of of betting the turn without at least three aces. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I it, it actually reminds me of a conversation that went down a couple of weeks ago in the TPE Discord about using utilizing your HUD not just to know your opponents, but to know what they think of you. Um, I was running 1911 in this tournament, so I was pr- playing pretty tight and nitty. Um, I guess you could make an argument about which way that should make you lean in this hand, meaning, well, KB's never betting two streets here without an ace or it could mean oh I can get him to fold kings or queens or something because he's so tight I don't know um, but I thought it was an interesting spot uh, just because it it's one of those uncomfortable positions that I think a lot of us get in it, I mean it is the classic situation like you said it, it, it's the ace magnets like we all have played hundreds of maybe thousands of hands where we had kings and an ace came out on the flop so <laughs> I thought it was just kind of a cool, like, look into that situation a little bit. Yeah, and it does kind of harken back to that um, spirited convo we had in the uh, TPE Discord, which I think was started by Joseph B. Walton, who is a big contributor, by the way, to the TPE Discord. If you guys aren't on that yet, you can just click the link in the description of this podcast and you can join for free. Uh, We have conversations about the free roll and about strategy and you can post your sweats, you can post your bad beats, whatever, whatever else you might want to talk about. Um, it all goes down in the, in the discord. But yeah, I remember, you know, people kind of talking about like, is the purpose of the HUD to also help you see how you, uh, you what your image is, right? Like how you're perceived at the table, like assuming your opponents have enough of a sample your HUD stats would also be reflected on their tables, and then you would know if you're if you're known for being extra aggressive or playing a lot of hands, or if you're known as more of a conservative, nitty type of player, and then you might be able to exploit that image if the timing's right. Yep. So yeah, I, I do I do remember uh, people raising some pretty good points in that combo. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was an interesting talk, and I have my HUD set such that. The stats I see on myself are just for that table. So every time I change tables, it change. You know, I go back to zero hands on myself. So that way I can look at it and go, "Oh wow, I'm running ten eight in this thing." They think I'm a total nit. How yeah, do man. I, you know, how do I exploit that? Or oh wow, I'm playing forty eight ten and I have aces. Let's get crazy here. Yeah, I don't often run forty eight ten, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, when did that happen? But. <laughs> After the seventh shot. <laughs> right, right. Late at night. Late at night. That's when he really comes out of his shell, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, this is a good one, man. And I'm, I'm thank you for calling for in the name of science. Yeah. Just so we could have the uh, the answer key for the podcast. I still think it's a fold, but I'm glad you called so we can see that sometimes it might just be pocket force. And there you yeah. go. Kings are good. and. Uh, did you go on to win this thing? I assume you made the final table and everything. Sadly, we did not. In fact, we did not even make the money. 
I remember it all too well. <laughs> yeah. Tor- <laughs> tournament poker is so stupid. I hate it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're doing the free roll this Sunday, guys. 6 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Killingbird. Derek, what else do you want people to know? What's the date again for that charity event? It is November 28th. Uh, we'll fire it up about 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and again, just as a reminder, do not feel obligated to donate or anything like that. Just come on out, support, hang out. We'll have a good time. Uh, and you can make some friends in the community. And, uh, yeah, as Clayton said, make sure you guys join the Discord. Uh, some good chat over there. So uh, it'd be cool if you uh, come and hung with us. Hashtag mankini. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you do donate a lot, I might get the mankini out. Okay. I know exactly where it is. So we're leaving that door open. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Derek, I know you're a busy man. I always appreciate you coming on the, the podcast that you started so many years ago. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, for our grand poobah, Derek Killingbird Tedbush, and for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, with special thanks, as always, to our generous sponsor, ACR Poker. I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Hold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay.